Um, hi again, friends. Um, we're moving into our time. Um, instead of doing a sermon where you listen to someone talk for 20 minutes, although it'd be very, very good, I'm sure, <laughs> um, we decided we wanted to just have a conversation about boundaries today. Um, and so we have a very special guest that I am so excited to introduce you to. Um, this is Kristen Benton. And um, Kristen is a licensed professional ca- counselor working as a senior therapist at Sharp Wellness and Counseling. And you have, a, looks like, about 12 years of experience as a counselor and a few extra added on there <laughs> as a mental health case manager. Um, you have a bachelor's in psychology from ACU and a master's, girl, <laughs> in counseling psychology from TWU. Very good school. I only live a couple miles from it. Um, and so we're just so happy to have you here this morning to talk about boundaries. Thank you. So as Laura said, we are talking about boundaries and our scripture today is really, really helpful, I think, in helping us see a time in the in the Bible where someone needed to install some boundaries in their life. So I'm going to read our scripture today, and then we're going to talk a little bit about it and then ask some questions around boundaries to help us get a better understanding of what we're talking about here. So the scripture for today comes to us from Exodus 18, and we are in verses 13 through 27. So this is what it says. It says, the next day, Moses sat as judge for the people while the people stood around him from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another. And I make known to them the statuses and instructions of God. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you are doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people with you. For the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel and God be with you. You should represent the people before God and you should bring their cases before God. Teach them the statutes and instructions and make them known the way that they are to go and the things they are to do. You should also look for able men among all the people, men who fear God, are trustworthy, and hate dishonest gain. Set such men over them as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them sit as judges for the people at all times. Let them bring every important case to you, but decide every minor case themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people will go to their home in peace. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men from Israel and appointed them as heads over the people, as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And they judged the people at all times. Hard cases they brought to Moses, but any minor case they decided themselves. Then Moses left his father-in-law depart, and he went off to his own country. So I know that that is a lot that I just <laughs> read. Um, but I think what we see here is Moses is trying to do it all. And Jethro sort of steps in and says, hey, Moses, 
you need to put up some boundaries in your life. Now, obviously, boundaries is not a term that is used in the Bible, but I really think that it connects to modern days. So I think that I would like to just start out with the simple question of what are boundaries? Oh, I'm going to let our uh, counselor <laughs> take that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I think it, it, there is a common misconception about what they actually are. Mm. Um, everybody has their own definition. I think the healthiest one is that boundaries speak more to our own behavior than what we expect of others. So it's a mindset shift of like, here's what I'm willing to accept. It's not about um, how close uh, you can come to me. It's about how far I'll go to protect myself. So I think um, people think it's about enforcing expectations of behavior on other people. And while that, it does look like that sometimes, it's more about um, what will you do to take care of yourself? So, and I have, I wrote down some examples of what they sound like so I don't have to come up with them off the top of my head. That's that's great. Um, So I like it, this shift, because it puts um, the control with you Mm -hmm. um, and ideally empowers you to be able to enforce them. So boundaries sound like, um, I can stay for half an hour. I need time to think about it. I'll come back to you. Um, I will end this phone call if you continue to shout at me. Um, Thank you for your offer. Unfortunately, I can't make it. (laughs) Um, I'm not comfortable with that. Um, I'm not comfortable discussing that, sorry. I respect your opinion, but this is my life and my decision. Mm-hmm. Those are some examples of boundaries. And it's more about, like, here's what I will do, not what, here's what I'm, mm. I expect you to do for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful. I love that switch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it, yeah, it makes it feel empowering rather than, like, um, giving other people rules. <laughs> right, because we can't control what other people do. Right. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I've tried. Control, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it does not work. So all we can really do is decide what we're going to do. Yeah. And then um, that way, and in a way, if we, when we get good at that, it's kind of impossible for other people to, in, like, step all over your boundaries because you're not letting them. Like, you're right. just d- enforcing them yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know, it's, I think it's interesting that there's three uh, cisgender women up here um, because I think, I think sometimes, I know in my own personal experience, um, uh, we tend to um, want to be nice. We are, let me say that better. We are culture in our society to be nice and to not set boundaries and to, or not call someone out when we have set a boundary and they have crossed it. Um, I know in my personal experience, it's really hard for me. Mm -hmm. And I think the way that I've been getting better at it, um, and it's really since I've become a pastor, um, is speaking that truth in a a loving way. Mm -hmm. You know, like, hey, that's just not something I I can handle. Or, you know, when you speak to me that way, it makes me feel very badly and I'd like to speak lovingly to each other Mm -hmm. Um, I think saying your boundary making sure it's enveloped in love but still firm is is really empowering Mm -hmm. yeah I hear that word nice a lot Uh in my office and we also have to often redefine nice Mm -hmm. oh say more about that because I think it's it's in like setting and enforcing a boundary is not the opposite of nice Nice, you can be right. nice mm-hmm. and boundaried. 
and even assertive at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, niceness uh, in that definition is really usually just um, somebody who isn't um, skilled at setting boundaries and is probably honestly used to being kind of a doormat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that for my clients or mm-hmm. anyone, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can be nice at the same time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep, that's great. And, and I think like Laura was saying, you can say it, things in a loving and kind way. And um, I think sometimes that we're so focused on, especially, you know, growing up the way that I did, you need to love your neighbor, you know, you need to be kind, and it gets scary to, to set those boundaries. So I, I think that that is super helpful. So kind of along the same lines, what are some common boundaries that you see people struggle with? Mm. Really all of them. (laughs) Um, But I was actually telling them earlier um, that one thing I see in particular a lot in my office is um, I'm having this conversation a lot with women, specifically Southern women Mm. and more specifically Southern Christian women. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because I do think there's there's a lot of talk about selflessness or self-self yeah, selflessness, mm-hmm. that's right. Um, and not being selfish, mm-hmm. but not really an explanation of what that mm-hmm. means or where to draw the line. Because too much of a good thing is always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think what a lot of, like, like you said, Christian women are cultured to um, be servants mostly, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing as, unless it's unboundaried. Because... Right. I don't know if you guys heard that, like, I remember the, being taught the, like, joy thing. It was like, Jesus first, others second, you last. That's how you experience joy. Do you oh. remember that? I remember no, being taught I, that. I was not That's taught That's where you get true joy. Um, okay. And, I mean, I think that if you're speaking that to a healthy person with, with structured boundaries who's good at enforcing them, that's a good message. Oh, mm-hmm. The problem yeah. is you don't know <laughs> right. who's hearing that and what they've how they've grown up or whether they've experienced something that would impact this like trauma, which also impacts your ability to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I even one time heard a a pastor, uh, say something along the lines of like talking about boundaries. And he said, he called it a cuss word boundaries. And I was like, Oh, I gotta go. I was like, "Hmm, no, it was looked on kind of as a negative. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, Hmm. yeah. So, Let's see, I wrote something about this. Because uh, at least my experience with growing up um, in religious culture, the idea was that um, the only boundaries you should have are the ones that protect your um, protect you from being sinful, mm-hmm. basically. It was, mm-hmm. So it was, more, it was more to protect other people, it mm-hmm. seemed like. Mm-hmm. Um, or to like protect you from people who were considered sinful. sinners. Yes. Yeah. Right. It Rather, just, it was just centered on sin. Right. But right. because, um, selfishness was the, the real cuss word, mm-hmm. um, in the church, particularly for, for women, I mm-hmm. think that, um, they were looked down upon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually had an experience. I mean, it, I wasn't thinking about it until we got up here and I went, Oh my gosh, this happened to me. Um, I had an experience where I had to practice setting boundaries, and it was really hard for me. Um, I had a, uh, a, a man that I had met a year ago at a recovery house in Waco. Um, 
blow past my boundaries, um, talk a lot about my physical appearance, and um, obviously hurting, obviously hurting, um, probably using again. And I, did a, I didn't know what to do, because um, he was calling me a lot and texting me a lot. And um, I knew he, had, he was making me uncomfortable. I knew he had gone past my boundaries, but I still, I was telling my boyfriend, like, I don't want to be mean. Like, he's obviously in a hard place. And, you know, my boyfriend was like, yes, but you're not his pastor. Mm. You know, you met him once and, and y'all had a, a good conversation, but you're not his pastor. And he's, he's crossed your boundaries. And it took me a lot, a lot to finally message him um, and say, you know, just lovingly say, you know, I, I hope you're doing okay. I'm praying for you. Um, but it's unacceptable to talk about my parents. It's unacceptable to call me um, at all times of the day, mm. and I blocked him, and that was really hard. Mm-hmm. I felt guilty about it for days, like I wasn't doing God's work. But he mm-hmm. had he, you know, like right. why? Why am I feeling guilty mm-hmm. about that? But it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think um, when it comes to stuff like that, the thing I, I like to remember is that like when we're talking about God and what He expects of us, the I think the difference between a tyrant and a parent is that a tyrant sets boundaries to control mm-hmm. and a parent sets boundaries to protect. Right. Mm. I love that. Even pastors need protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. that's really good information. And, you know, we've, I feel like we've sort of talked about why we resist setting boundaries. And something that I think you pulled out, which is so interesting, is that we tend to resist setting boundaries a lot of times, not only because of things like we feel like we need to do it all because we're the only one that can do something exactly right, or sometimes it's what's in our, our history. Um, sometimes it's how we were raised. And I think that that is unique a bit, like you're saying, to the church. I think that that contributes to blurry boundaries and is, is a really helpful point. Um, So we talked a little bit about when we set boundaries, and one thing that I'm interested to hear your perspective on is when you set a boundary, how does a healthy person react to that boundary Mm. versus an unhealthy person? Sort of in Laura's story, it made me think of it, um, maybe a more unhealthy person that she had to set a boundary with. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I talk about this a lot um, with, with clients because when you do have to set a new boundary, which you're always allowed to do, by the way, um, even a healthy person, I think, might can react a little bit poorly at first, mm-hmm. um, but essentially we train other people how we want them to treat us, mm-hmm. and so sometimes it takes a little bit of consistency and time um, because people tend not to like boundaries being put up against them. If you think about it like as a fence, like if you move your fence out um, from you, people can't get as close and they may dislike that at first. So um, sometimes it might take a little, like some consistency of doing that. But with an unhealthy person, um, they'll ramp it up even more Mm -hmm. typically. Like that, like... um, and it's not necessarily that they have malicious intent, but they're scared. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm losing you. What do I do to keep you oh, around? Yeah. 
Um, and I was wondering if boundary, setting boundaries makes people feel like you're pushing them away. It can. It certainly can. And so if that's somebody that you want to keep around, um, continuing to take the time but staying consistent with, like, with enforcing that, them, um, which means... I'm going to go this far if you're doing this thing, but I come closer if you stay over there behind that line, then they can learn like, oh, they're not going away forever. Mm. They just need Mm -hmm. my behaviors to change in order for them to be around me more. Mm. So um, it it depends on the the person kind of, but I wrote a quote about this because like somebody like that probably has some significant trauma Mm -hmm. and... um, So this is a quote from a guy named Ryan North. Our brains are wired for connection, but trauma rewires them for protection. That's why healthy relationships can be difficult for wounded people. Um, Mm. Because they're scared. Mm. Yeah, and I think looking, you know, what I was talking about in the prayer was was looking at somebody's humanity and and seeing, like, Mm. I can see this man's woundedness and that really his reactions really aren't about me. No, like, I'm, no. I'm the yeah. recipient mm. of right. it because I loved him in a place when he was scared. Yeah. Um, but it's not about me. No, well, right. Well, it's boundaries in a relationship keep the relationship safe. The healthiest relationships have the most clear, defined boundaries. Mm-hmm. So this is not antithetical to healthy relationships. Yes. It's the only way to have healthy relationships. Mm. Boundaries are the way that I love both you and me at the same time. Mm. So if you were loving him by continuing to, to let him make you uncomfortable, you wouldn't be loving you. Mm. And ultimately, that would turn into resentment, and then you'd just hate him and cut him off altogether. Mm-hmm. If you have healthy boundaries, like... I accept calls between these hours. I can come to you as, to help you out as long as I'm not engaged in something else or, or we're not talking about my appearance, things like that. I'll, I can be there for you with those stipulations. Then you can maintain a healthy relationship where there's mutual respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's wow. so helpful. That's so, that really is helpful mm. that it's, it's a way to love you and me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like I've been learning this some, and I've, I'm in a new dating relationship, and I've been learning this a little bit about boundaries, that sometimes, um, you know, it's okay to step away, or mm-hmm. it's okay to take time, and that doesn't mean you're in a bad relationship, or it's unhealthy. It actually is, like you said, the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's healthy to talk about uncomfortable things, mm-hmm. and to set boundaries, yep. and... But it feels it feels scary. Yeah. Why does it feel so scary? Because it's unfamiliar. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and it, it does feel scary. And along that line, so knowing that it feels scary and just hearing the situation that Laura was in where she had to throw up some hard boundaries with someone and block them. It makes my stomach turn. So Uh what advice do you give to your patients regarding healthy boundaries that would be helpful for us to know? Like maybe some steps in the right direction type of thing. Yeah. um, I like to make a distinction between caretaking and caregiving. Um, I know that is, it's technically the same thing, but I'm going to make the distinction in that um, caregiving, how I'm defining it, is that you give to others from your excess while, while you are okay, and you can help mm-hmm. others, and that feels good, and it's rewarding, mm-hmm. and it is, I think, what the Bible's talking about. 
Caretaking is when you pour your entire self out for other people and you have nothing left, so you expect others to pour back into you and fill you up, which is not possible. Mm-hmm. So then you're setting up a really unhealthy expectation because it's no one else can fill you up. Mm. Um, so with that in mind, I also make a distinction about selfishness versus selflessness. So I think it's, it's there's, if there's a spectrum, so like, if complete selfishness is over here, like you don't help anybody, you don't care about anybody else, you don't, you take everything for yourself. The healthy version um, is not the opposite of like you give everything and take mm-hmm. nothing for yourself. Those mm-hmm. are just two unhealthy, two sides of the same unhealthy coin. What you want to be is something in the center, which I made up my own word for because I try. I used to tell people to be more selfish, and that does not go over well right. with these women that I talk. <laughs> right. That's easy um, to do it. So I made up my own word, and what that looks like is being in the middle, in between those two, where you take enough for yourself, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, etc to be okay, and then you give what's left over. Because if you are full and you have enough, there's always excess. And so I made up, the word I made up is self-full. Practice being self-full. If you are self-full, so like the, the, other, the other cliche I, I love and hate at the same time is the, you can't pour from an empty cup, yes. you know? <laughs> Put well, on your mask that's first. True. <laughs> yes, all those things. And I think it's good. It's just incomplete. Sure, you can't pour from an empty cup, but then what are you supposed to do? Because you're supposed to stay full. Well, I think of it as a teacup and it's on a saucer. And if your teacup is full, there's always spillage. There is stuff on that plate. Pour from your saucer. Oh. Oh. Gosh, that's Pour a good from image. your saucer. That's what I tell people. Yes. That. Okay, so, so when are you writing a book? Yeah. I read it. Oh, I don't know. I've thought about it. Yeah. We'll see. I think you've got some excellent material. <laughs> I do too. Um, well, I hate to end our time. I feel like I we could continue talking on, you know, on and on, but is there something before we wrap up that if you could tell us one thing, what, what would it be? I think that Jesus did a really good job of uh, mm. setting an example for, for setting boundaries. Mm. I think Jesus might have been an introvert, actually. He was always leaving parties early. Um, <laughs> Interesting. I've never he heard going that. off by himself. Mm. You know, he took a That's lot true. of time. That's he was true. like, all right, guys, I'm out. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, they were all still hanging. He, he hung out in the desert praying yep. quite a he bit. He did a lot of self-care. Mm-hmm. So for those people Hi, who Jesus. have a harder time figuring out what it looks like to be self-full. I think Jesus did a pretty good job of it. Mm. He's a good example. Yeah, I love that. And I think that we can see through this story and some of the examples of Jesus that this is the type of life that God wants for us. Mm -hmm. I don't think God wants us to feel overburdened with all the things that we're taking on or in relationships, feeling uncomfortable. Um, I think that that's one of the things that we're meant to draw from this story. And, and Jesus tells us, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think that there's so much richness there that applies to what we're talking about today. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome. Thank you so, so much. Can we give you a little hand? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so Thank you. much. Really appreciate you. Sure.